0: Welcome to this edition of Free Speak, a podcast of the Namibia Media Trust, and I'm Gwen Lister.
1: And very nicely, our constitution talks, uh, say that whenever a right is limited, it should not negate the essential content of the right.
0: We're here today to talk a little bit about uh, our minister of ICT, who recently made the statement that Cabinet had decided that they're going to look at ways and means of regulating social media, mainly because of concern for teen pregnancies and to mitigate this. Now, um, that's caused quite a controversy um, on the online media and elsewhere. Seen along with our police chief's threat to deal with what he called radical youth who insult elders and leaders, these are ominous signs. With me to discuss these and other issues are John Nakuta, media ombudsman and human rights lawyer, who feels that This
1: is a smokescreen to regulate what they always wanted to do.
0: Also, Admire Mare, an extensively published academic, lecturing at NUST, who has a particular interest in ethics and social media?
2: Of course, maybe it's just an excuse that they are using to justify the need to regulate uh, social media. So for me, that raises a- alarm, and also it's it's got a chilling effect in terms of our uh, freedom of expression and also internet freedom in general.
0: Media and journalism is often the preferred target of the authorities, but of late, verbal attacks are being directed towards ordinary Namibians exercising their rights to free expression on Facebook, Twitter and WhatsApp, among others. Welcome John and admai Can I get from you both your initial thoughts? Perhaps let's start with you Admai, about what the Minister has said.
2: Okay, thank you so much for inviting me. I think for me uh, the controversial statements by the Minister raises alarm in many ways because unfortunately in a country of course which is dealing with a lot of teenage pregnancies You cannot attribute that to social media or even the internet to start with. There's no relationship between the two. Of course, maybe it's just an excuse that they are using to justify the need to regulate uh, social media. So for me, that raises alarm and also it's it's got a chilling effect in terms of uh, freedom of expression and also internet freedom in general.
0: Okay, I think that's probably much the consensus. John, anything you'd like to add, because it seems really strange that he'd use that example. You'd think they might have come up with hate speech or disinformation. But to talk about teen pregnancies, your thoughts?
1: My immediate thought was like, uh, this is a smokescreen to regulate what they always wanted to do. Because we know that the the Swapu chief who uh, already last year, or the year before, already mentioned the concern about regulating the internet and especially the social media, and so this might just be a smokescreen using teenage pregnancy so as to do what they always wanted to do, because if it's, if it's really about teenage pregnancy, we've got laws. Mm. For example, I'm thinking about there is the Combating of Immoral Practices Act yes. that says, for example, any person that is having a that conduct a sexual uh, act with a child between the ages of say 14 and 16 commit statutory rape Mm -hmm. so there are legal provisions that can be used to address the issue of teenage pregnancy and not do what this actually there was this very nice sorry to take so long yesterday there was a very nice appropriate uh, editorial in the Namibian Sun it's like making the analogy of throwing the baby away with the bath water Mm -hmm. it's like the internet is a good thing. Of course it comes with all its ills in whatever the case may be, but let's address the issues uh, that must be addressed and not use um, some some disproportionate measures to try and address a, a, a problem that can be addressed in any other manner.
0: Exactly. That would
1: be my point.
0: I'd also wondered at the time the minister made this statement, which was at a press conference, why uh, none of the journalists pre- present didn't ask him the question, how or are you making this, uh, give us examples of where this might have happened and how it might have happened. But I think, John, a very good point that there are existing laws that adequately deal with so many of these things, which is why these threats of regulation seem so gratuitous in many ways. Let's maybe also turn to our police chief, um, uh, Sebastian Daitunga. Mm Um, who also recently lambasted uh, mm-hmm. the youth, mm-hmm. radical youth, I think he called them, um, and basically said that he will not tolerate the what he called the insult against uh, political leadership by the youth. And again, this leads into uh, the threats made by the minister, so it creates a bit of an ominous environment.
1: There I would... Uh advise that the police chief and all those in authority should make it a point to read General Comment number 34 which has been issued by the Human Rights Commission of the UN and if you allow me I'll read from this it says uh, General Comment number 34 it says "The, the mere fact that form of expression are considered to be insulting to a public figure is not sufficient to justify the imposition of penalty. It goes further, all public figures, including those exercising their highest political authority, such as a head of state and government, are legitimately subjects to criticism and political opinion. So, the statement by the police chief and whatever is totally inconsistent with uh, international human rights law. It's like it's fair game it's right. like
0: right.
1: you you actually ex- i mean you occupy this position it it comes with the territory
0: mm-hmm. exactly so electoral elected officials really exactly. um should should grow thicker skins yes. uh, in some ways admire any thoughts from you on that yes,
2: certainly i would say they should be able to grow thicker skins but also i would say that this idea of trying to bring the issue of respect which is pretty much steeped in african culture and okay. bring it in a, in a democracy raises a lot of challenges for us because at the end of the day, we, are, we, are, we increasingly push for this pa- patriarchal view of things, which which really doesn't ogre well again with the society that we want to to build. So I think the the issue that has been raised really about teen pregnancy that we've just been talking about, and now they're talking about respect for elders or respect for political... These are all FLIMS excuses, essentially, about a a desire to rein in on people on social media, which is unfortunate, but we have seen it in other countries that FLIMS excuses are always
0: used to justify disproportionate uh, uh, mechanisms by the state. Exactly. And it often has the reverse effect, doesn't it? I mean, you saw immediately once these statements and comments had been made that the Internet or social media goes crazy with the youth Mm -hmm. then really hitting back. Um, And as John mentioned earlier, again, political criticism of our leadership should be accepted by all. It should be happening in a democracy, in actual fact, they should be held to account. But where that critique may go beyond, fair and reasonable criticism into defamation or anything then we have the laws to deal with it right
1: and to that i would say again international law is very clear it's like uh, in terms of the i think it's article 19 paragraph 3 of the international uh, covenant on civil and political rights it lays down three a three step criteria in terms of whenever of course no right including the right to freedom it's of absolutely. expression is absolute okay. but in terms of international human rights law there are three criterias for example that whatever restriction uh, is planned whatever will have to, to, to comply with one for example it must be done by way of law of general application it must serve a legitimate purpose mm-hmm. for example uh, public order morals and all those kind of things and also the third one is that the question of necessity and proportionality so that and very nicely our constitution talks uh, say that whenever a right is limited it should not negate the essential content of the right so we wait for, for the parliament the minister in this case to come up and say okay this is how we want to restrict it and we will evaluate it against this international standards and norms in terms of in speci- specifically uh, paragraph 3 of uh, the International Covenant on Civil and Political
0: Rights. Exactly. And John, while we're on the subject, just to mention um, as our listeners would know, you are also the media ombudsman. Yeah. Now our code of ethics for media also includes online media. Yes. So obviously you would, when it comes to media uh, committing these contraventions, if you like, for want of a better word, online, then you would have jurisdiction over those, so that would cover that.
1: I can even give a practical example, Certainly, it's like last year I dealt with a complaint that was submitted by uh, a Dutch official, okay. a, a Dutch person, sorry, a, a person from Holland, um, the informante, which coincidentally is not a member mm-hmm. of, of the informante, that is not a member of the EFN, Uh, published a few years ago a story that is totally wrong that this person is sought by uh, Interpol and whatever. We engaged and whatever and they were uh, kind enough to agree that the publication was wrong and they agreed and they actually took off this posting posting okay. on, on their websites so so we do engage as part of self-regulation
0: excellent and that again we applies only to the media and through those who are members of exactly. as you say the yeah. editors forum of Namibia yeah. um, admire um, one of the things is that obviously regulation it's a bit of a scary word to me personally but it's certainly happening around the world and not only in Africa but further afield where various governments are looking at ways and means of how to regulate uh particularly social media especially when it it comes to what is called disinformation but also acts of terror and so on Mm. so there are a lot of governments looking at this and in africa we also have the example of uganda and other countries which are now charging a fee Mm. for example for bloggers online and 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 that again has a chilling effect where they're actually putting a financial um, demand to a presence on the internet, and even considering things like charging people for being on social media or taking WhatsApp calls. So there are various ways uh, that people are looking at to regulate. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, as I said before, it is a scary word. But what do you think about some of these efforts? Is this a direction we should be taking? I mean, some people may say, "Well, look, it's fine." I was, I was a bit, can I say, taken aback by a recent uh, Afrobarometer survey, which has only just been released, which claimed that nearly 50% or over 50% of Namibians are in fact in favor of regulation of social media, a fact I found very hard to, to believe. What are your thoughts around this regulation that's happening in other parts of the world? And that's what our minister may say. Well, there's nothing wrong other governments
2: are doing it? Uh, I think the issue of saying regulation, regulation whenever it's mentioned, it's always has got this negative connotation that comes with it. Obviously, we should be very wary about using it. But I would say that uh, if you look at what has happened, for example, in Uganda, Tanzania, where you've talked about where you put a financial uh, burden on people so that they can not be able to access social media or internet, I think that has been happening quite, 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 quite often. For example, if you look at what happens in DRC, internet is very expensive. It's not just because they the they can't make it cheaper, but I think it's a it's a strategy that the government has decided is going to to work for them, so that people cannot go online and then critique or even speak truth to power. So already these financial mechanisms where you are, make sure that it's very expensive, we have seen that happen in Africa is a is a way of regulating the social media and also the internet. But we have also seen internet shutdown which is also okay. another form again of also regulating when you know for example during elections or during a strike or you know a, a protest where you see a government literally ordering all telecommunication operators to close down uh, the internet, or even temporarily close down the internet or social media. So I don't really understand the, 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 op- the, 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 the option that the minister wants to take for Namibia. Whether they want to do these periodic internet shutdowns, or they want to have a financial uh, burden on, 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 on citizens, or they want to actually you know, have intermediary, what they would call, intermediary liability on telecommunication operators to say, when we tell you to do this, you must do that. You must comply. If you exactly. don't comply, then your license is really, you know, up for grabs. So. We, 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 it's still easy right now to understand really how the minister wants to go about doing this. But however they want to do it, I don't think that's the route that the country needs to take. If we still want to be considered a country that promotes democracy and also freedom of expression, that's not the route to take. I think once we take that, it's the wrong turn for me.
0: Exactly. And l- let's not forget that we are still number one in the Reporters Sans Frontier rankings right. in terms of uh, freedom of speech and media freedoms, yeah. most particularly. But I think it's fair also to say that the minister, when he held that press conference, mm-hmm. did say that the intention was not to restrict free speech. Um, but again, um, one would guess, it's, it's simply to curb what he claims is malicious content. I recently saw an example of a young woman online who really tweeted, uh, I mean, sorry, she put a video out of a very tribalistic uh, mm-hmm. a statement, um, which uh, finally she, she was in the uniform at the place in which she worked and she lost her job. So in some ways I want to say that sometimes the, the, the internet or the social media, there's a natural attrition on those kind of people who go way out of the bounds and really uh, say gratuitous things. But again, uh, the minister doesn't intend to restrict uh, free speech, but that's obviously what would happen. Because how do you go after uh, malicious content and incitement to teen pregnancy? As I say, nobody's proved their case on that without eroding free speech and putting a chill effect um, on that. Most recently also, you will have noticed that um, several ministers went online when the fish rot scandal, corruption scandal erupted to say they condemned corruption and those responsible. And the president really took issue with them very strongly um, in terms of this. So I think that again has created a bit of a fear on the part of our leadership and our ministries and everybody else who should be out there online um, pursuing their mandate. And in the case of Ministry of Child Welfare, actually trying to promote or to encourage children especially the girl child not to get involved in in sexual relationships so as i say but unfortunately they all hold back then Um, and so that's another if i think of it a a threat almost to to free speech online any thoughts around that john
1: i I certainly agree and you you remind me of the kind of things that the special rapporteur for the african commission on freedom of expression last year when he visited the country on invitation on on yourselves and so and in and all the other people, you stress the notion of oh, self censorship. Mm, yeah. It's like in whatever field, it's like freedom of expression is broad enough to embrace uh, opinions that are even seen as, uh, what is it? Uh, offensive. Offensive, that's exactly. the word that they wanted to use. Yeah. Or descending with the majority view. It's like the scope of that is so big. And so for me, uh, the president's uh, reaction to that is re- is really a sad one. It's mm. like it's a a sad, a sad president, and it makes people to go into their cocoons mm. and sense uh, suffering from self censorship. And I think from the highest office, I mean the person occupying the highest office in this country, that was really a very bad, uh, bad example that he said. Exactly. Um, so I certainly don't agree with uh, the kind of statement that the president made in that case.
2: Yeah. yeah just regulate without impinging on freedom of expression yeah. is just a nonstarter to to start with because yes. mm-hmm. how do you how do you do that how do you fight uh, let's say how do you fight misinformation or disinformation through 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 you know regulating social media and still assume that you can have a thriving public sphere where people can actually are free to to express themselves. I don't don't think that's possible.
0: Exactly. And it's going to turn into, obviously, a lot of monitoring and surveillance, Mm -hmm. um, which is, again, going to create a chill Mm -hmm. effect. And my Mm -hmm. question is also, who's going to do this Mm -hmm. monitoring and this Mm -hmm. regulating? Mm -hmm. I mean, our police force, for example, have enough on their hands, (laughs) currently, dealing with crime and GBV and all these things in the real world, Mm -hmm. and uh, really shouldn't be spending their time Mm -hmm. online going after spurious, Mm -hmm. um, that having been said, there is concern about Namibians and their online presence Mm -hmm. and many of them are can one say, going beyond the bounds Mm -hmm. in various ways, whether Mm -hmm. it concerns, there is a lot of fake Mm -hmm. news Mm -hmm. going about, Uh, there is a lot of disinformation, Um, there is tribalism happening, there are all these things happening Um, there are young vulnerable girls on the internet, Mm -hmm. although I wanted to mention to admire, there's a 13 year limit to those who can go on Facebook, apparently. I'm not sure how that is monitored, but that those people that the minister refers to as girl child uh, shouldn't really be on the internet, or should they? Um, so again, how do we combat the the evils that are happening online because they are happening and if we agree that that doesn't happen through government regulation Mm -hmm. then how are we going to deal with that as ordinary citizens?
1: In fact uh, international human rights law provides for prohibited uh, expressions Uh, and there are four for example Uh, child pornography is totally illegal Uh, incitement to commit genocide is totally illegal Advocacy for national, racial, and religious hatred um, that constitute incitement to discriminate, hostility, or even violence is prohibited under international human rights law and an incitement of, um, of terrorism. But we should not confuse those things that are clearly prohibited with those ones that fall within the bounds of. Freedom of expression. And for that reason, uh, I also would want the minister to, to refer specifically in the Namibian government to a resolution that was taken in October 2009 by the uh, UN Human Rights Council. Um, and it, for example, paragraph 5p1 of that says what we are saying, it lists a whole range of things that are considered as impermissible restrictions mm-hmm. for example right. criticizing uh, politicians fall within those ones the so-called insulting politician falls within mm-hmm. those things that are regarded as impermissible restrictions so i would advise them to refer to that uh, resolution that was taken by the human rights council in 2000 9 October
0: exactly and as you say where those are contravened existing laws are there to to take action so it would seem a waste of time on the part of cabinet and admire just to turn to um, our big three four your Facebooks your Twitters your Googles and so on I mean we don't want to let them off the hook right Uh, they're making a huge amount of money out of all the social media and I've recently seen a a paper where Facebook is talking about charting the way forward to content regulation, and the quote there that that caught my eye was, the development of regulatory mechanisms should involve not just lawmakers, private companies and civil society, but also those who use online platforms. Mm -hmm. Now, there seems to be a move globally to look at that kind of regulation in terms of content. Um, How do we... um, what's the word how do we uh, bring that to terms with the with our government's attempts to regulate social media where's the where's the happy medium here
2: i think what has been happening ever since the facebook scandal which of course we know the company Analytica and all these other issues that are, are related to it we've realized that you know all of a sudden these platform companies have realized that for them to remain you know pushing for self-regulation it's really becoming very difficult mm-hmm. you know especially in Europe where they have come up with the regulations around you know you know data protection especially it, it has become very difficult but one thing that I've also seen especially happening with Facebook is that they have started what they call they are creating what they call an oversight an oversight body made up of you know people that are not even involved in the day-to-day running of Facebook so that they can moderate content and mm-hmm. they help them in terms of how do we talk about permissible and per- impermissible forms of speech online, that is. These are all ways to try and say, how can we make sure that the pl- platform remains very healthy, but at the same time, as you have already pointed out the issue of saying how do we know that a 13 year old girl or boy is the one who is actually you know logging in or logging out it's very difficult it's very difficult because you know i can i can always fake this this, the 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 number of years that i have because i have access to the internet as long as i have the access to the internet i can always open as many accounts as, as i want and even this issue to say you use your real name on facebook we've seen that doesn't work People actually use all kinds of parody names, you know, pseudonyms, and all these other things on Facebook, and they go out, you know, you know, saying all kinds of malicious things against politicians, even individuals. There's a lot of you know cyberbullying that goes on. We don't really have to, to, to run away from that. Exactly. But my argument is that what we see online is just a mirror of what happens offline. So ultimately, we should deal with what is what, what these issues is offline first, mm-hmm. so that when we go online we can be able to do, just like teen pregnancy, you cannot deal with teen pregnancies online but you can't deal with it offline, it doesn't make sense.
0: And sometimes, I mean, social media or the internet is a mirror of our own societies, isn't it? And, uh, you know, we I think everybody agrees that generally we're going through a phase where we are morally pretty bankrupt and, and those things need to be dealt with in the real world. But at the same time, those, the Facebooks, the Googles, have a certain responsibility sure, right sure, um sure. in sure. terms of actually taking down uh, content. content that violates yeah. those those points that john has just mentioned mm-hmm. but then people will say well what, what where do we stand here we don't want government to regulate but at the same time do we really want these huge commercial entities to regulate us as well
2: just just to chip in there sure. I, again the other issue that comes in how do how do we expect a platform that has got t- over two billion to be able to, re- to 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 monitor almost like Everything. i don't know i don't know how many content there how many tons of content that they deal with obviously now that's why they are you know they're actually outsourcing these to algorithms they're outsourcing it to artificial intelligence yes. and all these things because they just can't do it they, yeah. the the human power to do that yeah. is just and you know, you cannot even be able to deal with. So I think there should be mechanisms of how do we do that right. online so that we can be able to have a whole public sphere online. That's what right.
0: Maybe just as we as we start to conclude, um, John, just to say, I think we're getting somewhere with this, and that is to agree that when it comes to criminal acts, as have been defined uh, by what John has mentioned. We should act whether it's us as individuals taking issue whether it is the googles and the facebooks uh, whether it is anybody in government who feels offended let's act and let's get that sort of content off for the rest let it flow let the internet remain free remain accessible because after all that was the whole point of it right back when the internet started we all thought wow this is going to be really such a boost for democracy now people who've never had a voice before have got a voice online Mm. and then perhaps just to come to the conclusion and wrap up if we all say and it seems the three of us are certainly in agreement about uh, uh, regulation and certainly no to government regulation what do we do to really enhance people's presence on the internet there's no doubt and i know i'm on twitter i'm not on facebook but there are times when people come after me so gratuitously that I'm very tempted to close my account. What do we do about the bullying and the and the disinformation and everything? How do we educate people going forward? Uh, John, can I get final thoughts from you yes. and then Admire?
1: Yes. Yeah. Mine is to stress the, the idea of digital literacy. Uh, starting from a very young age, that young children must be made aware and empowered in terms of the safety and not exposing in what is it uh, personal information on the internet Uh, so so for me the question of digital literacy is very very important that would be the way to go instead of going way overboard in trying to address the problem with which we are serving so because the benefit of the internet um, is should outweigh the negatives exactly very much so but also Uh, government is having the responsibility, Uh, people should be made aware of the responsibility to contribute positive information towards the the internet as I said already um, you've spoke about the notion of empowering especially marginalized groups the internet can be used uh, tremendously to empower marginalized groups like people with uh, disabilities our marginalized groups such as the Ovahimba and the Sun and whatever these people must be educated given education so how can we use the internet so as to uh, empower ourselves and communities exactly yes so those are the kind of things that we must begin to interrogate and not see how can we uh, what Mechanisms can we make to encroach on the rights of the people?
0: In other words, more access, not less exactly. access. And exactly, that is. What about uh, Admire? Maybe let me turn to you. Uh, kids and smartphones. Um, should do parents have a role in this? I mean, imagine John, you would be pointing at schools as logical places yes. to do a lot of this digital literacy. What about the home, the families, yes. the parents who are giving their kids smartphones at very young ages, and they're getting onto probably some fairly Horrible sights when they do so. What do you think about that?
2: I think I think again the the parents they have got a role to play in terms of you know you know educating their kids on digital literacy programs for example you just don't give somebody a right without also expecting the responsibility yeah. so i think the responsibility part is the one that is really lacking in the right. home and i think we need to emphasize more on that but the other issue that i wanted to say is that especially platform companies they have a responsibility to make sure that those community reporting mechanisms that they have are actually you know being used accordingly, so that when somebody yeah. bullies me, I can be able to report or yeah. you know or flag flag yeah, exactly. or even block or even flag them and say this person actually is not good to be on this space, or what can you do to block them or to maybe yeah. suspend them? I think those mechanisms should actually be made to work for the good of society, otherwise those community reporting standards therefore don't make sense for us mm.
0: and also for the youth really to have that knowledge that they are what they are online. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people, especially with anonymous accounts, who think, okay, I can say what I like, mm-hmm. and in real life I work at X place, but they should know that there are very real consequences exactly. for what they say or do. Yes. And I think the example is the one I mentioned earlier of this one, young woman who's lost her job. Okay. And now everybody knows about her and yes. she's going to be hard to employ exactly. because she's made these gratuitously tribalistic okay. statements. Mm-hmm so i think it will come down to what the individual user does also i think we must take care when we talk about regulation how different we all are i mean in our cultural diversity in namibia alone how do you legislate something which may be offensive to me but is not offensive to you or vice versa so i think is that the way we go we all anti this uh, government attempts to regulate the way they want to last word please John very
1: very much so and, and internet users must also be uh, educated on that they expose themselves also to defamation charges yeah. it's like, it, it doesn't say you can just say and do things online and whatever you expose yourself to some serious defamation claims and whatever exactly. so that means, needs to be stressed also
0: And media literacy which you've emphasized is very important, particularly when you look at studies that have been done about our last uh, elections and the amount of disinformation that's been, that people have probably swallowed hook, line and sinker. They really, at the end user is the one who should be responsible for checking the type of content they they access and they on pass. my any last words from you on the regulation topic?
2: No, to government regulation. And I also want to say, I think for users, I think we need to be very wary in terms of the kind of information that we share online, knowing that nowadays tweets, posts are also admissible in courts of law. So exactly. it's very important for you yeah. to know you know, the, 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 the limits of what you can say online and offline.
0: Great. And I hope, I think finally, the our two academics and one journalist sitting here today have put our message across. And we hope that the minister and the cabinet are, are listening and that they won't pursue this idea and try instead to really take a more positive road to actually dealing with uh, these problems yeah. sure. through uh, creating a more knowledgeable online community. Sure. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank, Thank you so, so much,
2: Brian.